Let us pray. God of love and power, you are revealed to us in your word in accounts of prophecy and fulfillment that direct our attention to Jesus Christ. Illumine us now as we hear your word proclaimed that we may open our hearts to him, yearn for his coming in glory, and serve him with joy. Amen. The Psalter reading this morning comes from Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4 and verses 19 through 26. Listen for the word of the Lord. I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is forever, for us established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David. I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Then you spoke in a vision to your faithful one and said, I have set the crown on one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found my servant David. With my holy oil I have anointed him. My hand shall always remain with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and steadfast love shall be with him. And in my name, his horn shall be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Thank you all for being here and worshiping together this fourth Sunday of Advent. Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. The birth of Jesus foretold. Listen for the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I am a virgin? 
The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Almighty God of love and grace, use me as your vessel to speak your truth so that all who hear your word might believe and receive eternal life through Christ. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's sermon title is Favor, Power, Obedience, and the Gift. In the first two verses of this passage, verses 26 and 27, Luke gives us the time, the messenger, the sender, location, and the key people in this story. First, the time. Six months represents the time lapse since the birth of John the Baptist was foretold to Zechariah, which is found in the preceding passage. I will elaborate on that mention of six months later, as we will see it again in verse 36. Next, Luke tells us about a messenger from God. He was no ordinary messenger. He was the angel Gabriel. The same angel from God sent to Zechariah, who identified himself in Luke chapter 1, verse 19, who said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. It appears Gabriel was getting around back in the day, for this was his second appearance in God's plan to bring his son into the world. Gabriel was obediently fulfilling the mission of God. Then Luke tells us that God sent Gabriel to a town in Galilee and specifically Nazareth. Now, it is important to note that Luke provided the name of the town in Galilee because Nazareth was just an ordinary town in the Roman Empire. The town and its people were despised. And John 1 and 46 captures this sentiment. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Finally, while the Virgin Mary is the recipient of the message in this passage, Luke mentions Joseph's name first. The angel Gabriel came to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Here Luke draws attention to Joseph's ancestry showing the direct link to David, thus Jesus, the son of David. Luke's account of Jesus' birth foretold shows the angel Gabriel wastes no time in getting to the point of his encounter with Mary. 
Gabriel greets her by calling her the favored one and letting her know that God is with her. This greeting caught the Virgin Mary off guard and certainly challenged her while she was not yet married but betrothed to Joseph. According to ancient customs, the marriage would have been arranged by her father. She would live at home for a year after her betrothal, then the groom would come to take her to his home and the wedding celebration would last for an entire week. In Judaism, it was taboo for a man to greet an unknown woman and furthermore, to approach and greet an engaged woman might even be understood to challenge the fiance's authority. Undoubtedly, the Virgin Mary's mind must have raced with questions like, why is this man approaching me? He knows what the rules are. Or, is anyone watching? If word gets back to my family or Joseph, I'm ruined. These moments were likely very terrifying for Mary, yet it was only the beginning of her bewilderment. While Gabriel offered reassurance in verse 30, verses 31 through 33 were anything but reassuring. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Whew. I don't know what I would do if I were the Virgin Mary. Surely I would have fainted right there on the spot. But on second thought, I would have exclaimed, I am a virgin. That literally means that I have not known a man in that way. And who are you anyway? And where did you come from? And please go back. And then maybe I would have fainted. Now, not many people know this about me. When I was a tween, a young teenager, I was hospitalized for elective surgery, bilateral bunionectomies. I had really, really bad feet. During my admission to the hospital, they asked the normal questions and ran the normal admissions tests. Later that day, after I was all settled in my room and my parents by my side, we were told one of the tests was positive for pregnancy. I felt like the Virgin Mary in that moment. How can this be? I am a virgin. I knew the story of Mary and Joseph, so in my tween age mind, I thought, is God doing this again? Absolutely not. God definitely was not rewriting a story called the Virgin Joanna. The original test was a false positive, which delayed my surgery one day. And as an apology for their mistake, the doctors and nurses showered, we, showered me with more ice cream and candy than I could eat. That experience was a challenging and agonizing time for my parents and me. And the scripture tell, tells us, 
It is indeed a perplexing moment in the time of the Virgin Mary to hear that God found favor with her and she would conceive and bear a son. A virgin, Mary. What was favorable about being a virgin? Betrothed, not yet married, and bearing a son. He will be great. He will be called the son of the Most High and be given the throne of his ancestor David and his kingdom will never end. Mary was chosen by God, the favored one. She received God's predetermined blessing. God was with her. And like Moses, Mary was the recipient of God's unexpected, undeserved, and overwhelming grace. There must have been something about Mary that did not make her bolt at that moment. Something about her upbringing, something about her tradition, her culture, her life that cultivated her response in verse 34. How can this be since I am a virgin? In Luke 1 and 13 and following, the angel Gabriel told Zechariah, Do not be afraid, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. Gabriel told Zechariah how John would prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. But Zechariah, like the Virgin Mary, questioned Gabriel and asked, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. Mary's response was nearly identical to Zacharias. However, Zacharias' response implied his disbelief, while Mary's did not. She understood the announcement meant that she would conceive a child as an unmarried woman who was not involved in sexual relation. What was it about Mary that enabled her to question Gabriel's announcement in a way that reflected her knowledge of God's power and infinite possibilities? Did she reflect upon the stories and traditions handed down through the many generations that told her of the coming of the Messiah? Did Mary see this as the fulfillment of what the prophet Isaiah wrote in chapter 7, verse 14? Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Or maybe Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from the time, from this time onward and forevermore. Indeed, there was something about the Virgin Mary because she was chosen by God, sent who sent the, the uh, angel Gabriel, who said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. These words echo the distant words of Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel. Let your servant find favor in your sight. 
These words also parallel assurance of power and favor given to the judges in Israel. The Lord is with you. Mary asked how she, a virgin, could conceive and bear a son, and Gabriel responded, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. The angel Gabriel revealed something to Mary that would assure her what he said was true. Gabriel revealed that Mary's relative, Elizabeth, had conceived a son in her old age and was in the sixth month into her pregnancy. Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayers were answered and Mary undoubtedly found assurance in God's power to bless them. For nothing will be impossible for God. A barren woman can bear a child, a virgin can conceive, the Lord can enter into human history as a child, from a tomb can come resurrection, and the Holy Spirit can empower the church for its worldwide mission. For nothing will be impossible with God. This was the promise for the future, to which Mary responded with obedience in verse 38, once again using words that echo her Old Testament predecessor, Hannah. Mary said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Brothers and sisters, God calls us to be God's obedient servants and empowers us for God's mission to the world and gives us the gift of eternal life through Christ. Have you been called by God's grace? Will you let God use you by the power of the Holy Spirit to advance God's kingdom? Mary found favor with God chosen to be part of his plan to bring Christ into the world to save us all from sin. This was a challenge for Mary from the beginning to the end. She was young. She became pregnant during her betrothal and before she was married to Joseph. She most likely faced ridicule. She had the great responsibility of raising Jesus, the Son of the Most High, and she witnessed her son's persecution and death on the cross as savior of the world. Today, many assume that those who God favors will enjoy the things we equate with good life, social standing, wealth, and good health. The scripture reveals to us that acceptability, prosperity, and comfort have never been the essence of God's blessing. The greatest blessings are founded upon our relationship and fellowship with God. The glory of Christmas came about by the willingness of ordinary people to obey God's claim on their lives. Where have you found favor with God? Will you be obedient to God's life, to, to God's plan for your life?
this fourth Sunday in Advent. Let us hold fast to our triune God's overwhelming love and grace for us as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And let us tell this good news of Jesus' birth to everyone we meet. Amen.